Good morning, West Bulls Church. It is good to be here today and uh, just appreciate everybody showing up this morning. I'm excited to be here uh, this morning and sharing the next installment of our series, The Grinches Who Steal Christmas and How to Deal with Them. Well, week one, we had Dave McDonald and uh, he talked about the Grinch of disguise. Week two, we had Nathan Harrison, and he talked about the Grinch of discontentment. And today, I'll be talking about the Grinch of disconnection. And also, just so everybody knows what's going on next week, um, Rebecca's husband, Dan Sarian, will be preaching on the Grinch of despair. So you don't want to miss out on that. Well, um, first off, before we get started, um, I don't have coffee, mascara, or dirt on my face. I call this my boy band beard, all right? It's clean cut, has nice lines, it's shaped well, it's nice and clean, it's trimmed. I mean, it's something that like you maybe would see on maybe a, uh, maybe an InSync member would, would wear something like this. I mean, that's what I'm going for, something a little metrosexual, just so everybody knows kind of what's going on here in my face. But I want to give everybody four reasons why I have this beard, all right? Number one, it makes me look a little bit older. Instead of being 22 now, I look like I'm 32, and I like that. Uh, number two, it adds to my man points, all right? Because I have a deficit, and I need as many man points as possible. And, uh, you know, because I'm getting a little excited for Juan Pablo's season of The Bachelor. And, uh, you know, and I can't wait to watch it, so I need something to get those points up. Also, um, and my daughter knows this, every time I watch the movie Tangled, I cry. So just anything I can do to make me look manly. So I'm growing a, a beard here. Uh, number three, uh, my wife thinks Eric Decker is good looking. Eric Decker is a guy who plays for the Broncos. Oh yeah, are you serious women? Calm down. Jeez, I even say his name and it's like, ah! yeah. Uh, she thinks he's good looking. And so she decided um, I mean, I just want to see if this is fair. Um, she decided that she would take the kids to go see Eric Decker at a signing event. I mean, it was for the kids so that she could see, you know, er I mean, so that they could get Eric Decker's signature. And, uh, you know, and Eric Decker kind of has facial hair like this. Um, so that's why I thought maybe I'd grow this out. But though, I thought something that would be fair, maybe, I mean, you know, you'll have to see what you think about this. I just thought this might be fair. But if she's going to go see Eric Decker with the kids, I thought maybe I um, could maybe go to a signing event with Scarlett Johansson, Mila Kunis, or maybe Megan Fox. And of course, I'll bring the kids with me because I want them to all get their autograph, you know? Anyway, so that's, okay, that sounds fair. That sounds fair. All right, and number four, I'm growing out the beard because, uh, you know, it's uh, No Shave November or in honor of Decem Beard. So that's why I'm, I'm growing this out. So, all right, well now, I'm always surprised uh, that, uh, that they let me get up here every single week, whether to do the announcements or to preach. Um, you know, I just, I never know what I'm going to say. Um, so, you know, I know like Dave Beatty and John, um, I know that every time I get up here to do a sermon or to do announcements, I bet you their heart starts beating fast. It's just like, oh no, hopefully he doesn't say something stupid. Hopefully he doesn't do something stupid. So I get a little surprised they let me up here. But see, I do something. On Sunday mornings, I am, um, I've learned the art of filtering. 
So uh, I'm 100% fully filtered on Sunday morning. This is the FX channel version of Ryan Long. It's edited and it's filtered. Um, so uh, to give everybody a quick example of some things uh, uh, that happened to me at times, this is a, an example in my personal life. Um, my family and I, we were driving to Disneyland uh, this summer and uh, I made a woman really mad at me because I forgot my filter. I must have left it at the church, or maybe I left it at home. Uh, but this woman was really mad at me. We were in the middle of nowhere, and we were getting drinks at this gas station. And um, this woman walks in and says to the gas station attendant, she goes, do you know where I can get a map? And I thought, map? I, I mean, I haven't, see, I haven't used a map since the mid-'70s. I haven't seen a map since maybe... It, Last time it was being used was maybe like in an old black and white movie. Everybody uses their cell phones nowadays. We all have GPS, a paper map. Are you kidding me? But so this is what I said. Um, uh, and I looked over and I said, I'm not sure, but probably the same place you could find a rotary telephone. Uh, <laughs> that joke uh, did not uh, go over too well. Um, I don't think she appreciated uh, my, uh, my joke, you know, and uh, my wife, uh, she didn't get the joke either, uh, mostly because she's so young, she doesn't even know what a rotary telephone is, so anyway, well, let's get started this morning, um, let me put on my filter and, uh, on full blast, and, uh, let's jump right into the Grinch of disconnection. Um, Christmas is only 10 days away. Can you even believe it? It's right around the corner. And this is supposed to be the happiest time of the year. But for many, it's a time that many people are sad, lonely, and depressed. I read a Facebook uh, post last week that said, hey everybody, while you're all celebrating family and friends and having fun, this is the toughest time of the year for me. This stretch from Thanksgiving to Christmas um, is the time of the year with the greatest number of suicides. This season can magnify our feelings of disconnectedness, sadness, and loneliness. No matter who you are, no matter how much money you have, what you look like, the job you have, the places you've been, the number of friends that you have, the amount of family support around your religion, or, or where you live in this world, we all have moments of loneliness. We all share this in common. If we're all honest with ourselves, you know, sometimes, you know, for every single one of us, we feel abandoned, lonely, forgotten, not included, disconnected, unimportant, and deserted. It is part of our shared human nature and experience. You and I are not alone in these thoughts and feelings. Even the most popular, coolest, confident, best-looking, most friendly, busiest, even rock stars and actors, they go, they have these feelings too. Some are better at covering it up or faking it or disguising it or pushing it to the side, but we all have these feelings. I remember when I was in high school, before I became a Christian, I would sit in my bedroom, I would shut the door, 
and I would sit on my cream-colored bean bag, and uh, I'd have a Cindy Crawford you know, calendar behind me, and I'd have a boom box, that's right, a boom box right in front of me, and I'd listen to this REM song, Everybody Hurts Sometime, Everybody Cries Sometime, and I would just sit there and just sing it out, you know? This is what I used to do when I felt alone or sad. I listened to depressing music and sink deeper into the sadness. And then when I became a Christian at age 17, right there in that parking lot with Brett Gothier leading me to Christ in our church bus, I thought I would never feel alone again. I thought I would never feel sad again. God is right there with me, right? You know, he's always right there. I know he's right there. I have the church, I have the Bible. Never will I have to experience or feel that pain again. I've been a Christian since 1995, March 10th, 1995. But these feelings still well up inside of me. I know God is right there with me. But sometimes I can't see him, I can't feel him. And sometimes I feel that I'm disconnected from him, myself, and my friends and family. I don't know about you, but sometimes I think no one understands me and no one knows the pain that I've been through. I bet all of us in here have our stories. Maybe some of us would say that no one understands how hard it is to lose a child, to be diagnosed with cancer, to go through a divorce, to lose a job, to go through bankruptcy, to lose a friend or a spouse, or to be an alcoholic. We all are going through something or been through something where we have felt disconnected, deserted, alone, and empty, all of us. We all have these feelings, even the heroes of faith in the Bible. I bet Jonah felt uh, lonely under that withering tree. He was displeased, sad, and angry, the Bible tells us. He said, now, O Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. Jonah said that after he was spit out from a, uh, the belly of a whale. Job, this man had it all, prestige, honor, Stuff, family, wife, kids, sheep, goats, gave to the poor, everything. Great relationship with God. Job had everything and then lost it all. He lost everything. Imagine losing, losing everything. Even Job got it discouraged after he, he um, had issues with his health. Imagine how sad and alone he felt. Even his friends told him that he deserved this. They said his own sin caused all the suffering. He felt deserted, confused, disconnected, and alone. His world was crumbling around him. Look at Elijah. Elijah, after witnessing God's power at Mount Carmel, he found himself discouraged, curled underneath a broom tree in a desert place. He was lonely, in despair, tired, discouraged, afraid. He said, I have had enough, Lord. Take my life. I just feel like dying. 
This is Elijah, a, a man who just could stop the rain. He challenged the king face to face, predicted the day a three-year drought would end. He had just produced fire from heaven. It's interesting because the Bible tells us in James, James tells us that Elijah was a man just like us. Paul, Paul who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, there's no way he ever felt lonely or discouraged. I mean, he wrote most of the, the New Testament. There's no way he felt that way, right? In 2 Timothy 4.16, he writes, at my defense, no one came to my sport, but everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. He wrote that while being chained up to a wall in prison. David, in Psalm 22, the epiphany, epiphany of despair and loneliness. Let me read this. Psalm 22, 1 and 2. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer by night and am not silent. This is David, a man after God's own heart who is feeling like there is no one to help him. Everyone is after him and he feels utterly alone. No one is exempt from these feelings. So with the Grinch of disconnection, how do we deal with it? And I'm not going to try to tell you, hey, with these three easy steps, you'll never feel that again. No, but I am going to give you three things today that hopefully will help all of us. So three things. We need to look inward, look outward, and look upward. Look inward. That's scary. We don't know what we'll see or feel. It can be a scary place. Most of society runs from loneliness or being alone like the plague. We do whatever it takes to never feel alone. We distract ourselves every minute of the day so that we can avoid those icky feelings. I don't know about you, but sometimes I'll be at home alone or whatever, and I look on Facebook, and it looks like everybody's doing something, and everybody has friends, and everybody's, you know, traveling the world except for me. I'm just sitting by myself in my house. I want to challenge everybody this morning to not run or be scared of feeling lonely or being alone. Use these moments or times to push or to be a catapult or to be a catalyst into fruitful solitude in connection with our loving creator. Let's lean into that loneliness and connect ourselves, connect with ourselves and God. In paraphrasing Henry Nouwen's uh, book, Reaching Out, we must have the courage to move from the desert of loneliness into the garden of solitude. Spiritual life begins when we can move from loneliness into solitude. When we're alone, it allows us to look deep inside and reconnect with the life giver. I'll never forget a conversation I had years ago with a woman. She told me that she never wants to stop moving or slow down for even one second because if she starts to do that, all of a sudden she starts thinking about her failures, her pain, her insecurities. 
She told me that's why she fills up every single minute of every single day. She doesn't have to deal with those thoughts or feelings. So when we are alone or we feel lonely, what do we turn to? For some, it's a, a vice or addiction. Maybe excessive drinking, drugs, we get lonely, look at pornography, gambling. Or maybe when we start feeling a little lonely, we want to buy something. <clears throat> we feel better when we buy something. It's like a little adrenaline rush or an, an excitement, at least for a little while. Actually, it often leads us to even feeling more empty because it doesn't quite bring us the satisfaction we hoped for. Or do we turn to Facebook? It gives us a, a false or a, a shallow sense of connectedness. Do we turn to eating? Do we turn to technology? The country's first rehab facility for technology addi addiction was just opened up last year in the U.S. for people that are addicted to their phones or to the internet or connected to video games. Or do we turn on the TV? I'm feeling lonely, so I'm going to join this pseudo-family in a make-believe unrealistic world to take away some of my loneliness. Some stats. By the age of 65, we'll have watched nine years of TV. The average American watches four hours of TV a day. What do we turn to when we start feeling lonely? In these moments, we need to go from our restless senses to the restful spirit. When we are alone, that's when we start thinking of the next rather than being in the present. We start another relationship, a hobby, record another TV show because we don't want to feel like we're alone or that th these feelings of loneliness. Being alone can be a good thing. It can be a time that is refreshing and rejuvenating. The enemy wants us to think that it's a bad thing. He wants to get us to avoid it. See, because even if you look in the story of Elijah, when did Elijah hear from God? It's when he was alone. And he heard a whisper, and it was God. God, if we open up, will speak to us in our solitude and in our science, silence and when we're alone. Being alone in solitude can be fruitful, enjoyable, and refueling, but it must be learned and practiced it's, it's a discipline. And it sure is tough being alone, especially with our technology, with our cell phones. It's like, you know, I mean, with a smartphone, it's like you're never really alone. You can have your phone out. You want to play a game, boom. You know, if, if you want to send a text out, boom. If you need to check the internet, Google something, boom. If you want to check your Instagram, boom. Actually, my mother-in-law, she doesn't call it Instagram. She calls it Instantgram, all right, which is definitely funny. And, uh, you know, and she doesn't call it hashtags, all right? She says either number sign or pound sign. So number sign, best day ever. Pound sign, getting ready for Christmas, you know? But we, we're, all, we're all connected to our smartphones all day long. Where does our mind 
and hearts go. When we have a second to ourselves, where we start feeling lonely, where do we go? What do we look to? I want to challenge all of us to turn these moments over to God in solitude and connect with him. It's like when you're vacuuming the house and you're going all around the house and you're cleaning up all the dirt and all of a sudden, you know, your, your vacuum, it powers down. And you're like, what? You know, hashtag worst day ever, hashtag broken vacuum. So you're like, oh gosh, what do I, what do I, you know, what do I do? And you look all around and you're like, oh, the, you know, the cord came out of the socket. You have to reconnect the plug into the socket so the vacuum can have power again. And I spent about five minutes trying to find like a joke where I could say like, well, if you unplug it, your life sucks. Or if you pull it out, something to connect with the vacuum, I couldn't do it. So I tried. I could not come up with a joke. But we need to reconnect to our power source. God wants us to turn to him in our moments of loneliness. In these moments when we are alone or feel lonely, let's open up the scripture and read God's love letters to us. God loves us. He is there for us and will never leave us. We can read scriptures like Joshua 1.5, as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Joshua 1.5, as I was with Moses. Oh, okay. Joshua 1.9, be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Deuteronomy 31.8, the Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. We are never truly alone. God is and will always be right by our side. In times of loneliness, let's connect with God's love. Like I said, let's not shy away from being alone, but let's make time. Let's be intentional about finding moments where we can't be alone. Even Jesus had to find time to be alone with his father. Luke 5, 15, 16. Yet the news about him spread all the more, so crowds of people came to hear and to be healed of their sicknesses. But Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Jesus had to carve out time in his day and be intentional about connecting with his father. Other examples in the Bible. Jesus was alone in the desert and then does what? Launches his ministry. Jesus was a solitary place to be alone with God. And that's when he, after, right after that, is when he chooses a disciple and he teaches and he heals people. He goes to the mountains to pray after he fed 5,000. 5,000. So in our moments of loneliness, let's look inward and connect to our spiritual life and to the Holy Spirit. So number one, we look inward. We move from loneliness to solitude. Number two, look outward. When Jesus went to a lonely place, it was before or after a healing or a teaching or advancing God's kingdom. His times of solitude gave 
him power for his outward life. When we are connected to our inner spiritual life, we can be more present with others and love others better. We need to create space and time in our life for others. Life is too tough to do it on our own. We need each other. I know many families right now that are going through a difficult time in life and I know they lean on Jesus and the fact others are coming around them in a time of need. When was the last time you or I came alongside somebody that was going through a difficult time? In, this, in the training manual for the Stephen Ministry Program, when somebody goes through a crisis or a tragedy, they will choose between two forks in the road. They will either choose to withdraw or seek support. In the counseling world, when somebody is discouraged, sad, or depressed, one of the first questions we ask them is, what kind of support system do you have? And I know for me, when I was going through a tough time years ago, I remember Brett Gothier coming alongside me every single day. He checked in with me, he called me, and I'll be forever grateful. When we help others, it connects us and it feels good. Jesus said, when we get clothes or visit somebody in prison or visit somebody that's sick or get food or get a drink of water for somebody that's in need, it's as if we've done that unto him. See, if it not only connects us with them, but it connects us with Christ. If we feel that grinch of disconnection, let's reach out and connect with others. Do something for somebody. Do something for somebody. Write an encouraging letter. Volunteer at the soup kitchen. Go visit somebody in the hospital. Make some cookies and bring them to them. Uh, pay for the person at Starbucks behind you and then strike up a conversation. Do flood relief. Throw a neighborhood Christmas party. Yeah, get a compassionate international kid. Or bring somebody to the Christmas pro program tonight. I don't know. Just do something for somebody. What is Paul thinking about when he's chained up to a wall in prison? Well, mostly others. So as we read earlier in the verse from 2 Timothy, Paul was discouraged that everybody deserted him. But he was writing this letter to build up the church and to advance God's kingdom. In 4, uh, 4.17, But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. He's not thinking solely about himself. He's thinking, how do I edify others? Another thought. Do we feel the grinch of disconnection happening in our life? Give money to somebody in need or the church or a charity. Give money away. Now last week, uh, my wife and I, we gave some money at the, no, I'm not bragging because you have no clue how much money we gave. We could have, give, we could have given uh, $10 or maybe we gave $6.66 to a charity. And actually, $6.66, that's my favorite church 
Christmas party gag gift. Because when you give somebody a, a Starbucks gift card for $6.66, and they turn it over like, oh, thanks, right? And they turn it over and they're like, oh, geez. I, you know, they don't want to you know, buy some Starbucks with that. They'll get sick or something. Anyway, so I love that dollar amount for uh, church parties. Anyway, so on Colorado Gives Day, we gave some money. And it feels good. Why? Because it connects us. Outward life is a matter of giving our time, talents, and treasures to God through our relationships with others. And we all know relationships are tough. We all know that. You know, some people are nervous or fearful to connect with others because they've been hurt or let down in, in the past by people. And we, we don't want to feel that pain again, so we distance ourselves. And by doing this, we start on a downward spiral of isolation, depression, and loneliness. And I say, lean into that fear and take that risk again. What other viable option do we really have? So if we have bitterness and unforgiveness in our hearts, it will have an effect on our relationships. Our inner life affects our outer life. So number one, we look inward. Number two, we look outward. And number three, we look upward. I think God allows us to feel lonely at times to remind us that this is not our home. Every person in the whole world has that same unsettled feeling. And maybe God put it there so that it could make us look for something. See, we're just passing through this fallen world. And we can all see that this is a fallen world. We look at the news this week and we see what, what happens at Arapahoe High School. We know that this is a fallen world. We are just a mist that appears for a little while. Someday we will all be together in heaven. See, loneliness here, it reminds us and keeps us focused on what is to come someday. We will have the ultimate and perfect connection with God and others in heaven the way God originally intended it. When we start to feel loneliness creep in, are we going to turn to self-pity or regret or selfishness or despair? Or can we look upward and have hope in our final destination? God has prepared a place for us in advance where Revelation 21 foretells us that there will be no more death, no more mourning, no more crying, no more pain. Do you feel the Grinch of disconnection? Look up. Look up and, 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 and talk to him. You know, for, for me, if I've had a long day at work or school or something like that, I can't wait to talk to my wife. I want to reconnect with her. I want to find out how her day went, what, you know, what happened at work and all those different things. And same with my kids. When they come home from school, I want to talk to them. I want to reconnect with them. I want to see how they're doing. Um, they came up with a Christmas list for me 
this is for me, a Christmas list for me that they made. I thought some of these are pretty f- funny. Uh, can you go to the other slide first? Uh, yeah, go to that one first. Uh, that was Jagger down there. He wanted me to get deodorant. I think that's a tart gun, or maybe not exactly that. Spelling lessons, because one day I didn't know how to spell scratch, and he did. Lipstick, that doesn't make sense. Muscle growth and lose weight. All right, thank you, Jagger. Great Christmas list. All right, this is Lane's Christmas list for me. Um, I think number four is my favorite. Uh, new job promotion in case dad gets fired. All right, thanks, Lane. That is so cute. Hopefully today goes well and I don't get fired. Anyway, so when my kids, you know, I want to reconnect with them. I want to find out how, how they're doing and I want to talk with them. We can do the same with God. This is the best time of the year to look up to God and reconnect with him. We can cry out to him. We can lament. We can praise. We can talk. We can complain. We can express gratitude. We can scream. We can worship. Whatever. Just look up and call out to the creator. Pour our hearts and souls out to him. He can handle it. And at times you may not think he's listening, but, but he is. We all feel alone at times. Even Jesus felt alone in the Garden of Gethsemane and on the cross. In Matthew's account, in the Garden, Jesus began to feel troubled and sorrowful. He said that his soul feels overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. He tells his disciples to stay here and keep watch. Then Jesus pleads and begs God to take this cup from him. He says, yet not as I will, but as you will. See, even Jesus had to look upward to get strength and direction. Then he comes back to his buddies, and they're all asleep. He probably felt discouraged, let down, disappointed, and alone. Not even his close friends could be there for in a time of need. But God the Father was. Have our friends or family ever deserted us in a time of need? Well, Jesus can relate with you in that pain. Jesus kept going to his Father in prayer and kept returning to find the disciples asleep. He's about ready to be nailed to a cross and he returned three times to sleeping disciples. How lonely must he have felt? And then on the cross, Jesus screams out to God exactly what David had said a thousand years previously. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Jesus felt alone, but kept looking up. Do you feel like God has deserted you? Even Jesus felt like his father was not there for him in a time of need. Sometimes we don't understand God, but he has a plan. He loves us and he wants us to trust and connect with him. Just like with my kids, sometimes they're hurting. Sometimes I can help them and sometimes I can't, but I will be right there with them. God is right there with us and he relates to us. When Jesus was born into this world 2,000 years ago, 
the God of the universe came as a naked, needy, vulnerable, crying, helpless, hungry baby that was placed in a feeding trough for animals. Why? Because God wants to be able to relate to us and allow us to get close to him. So in conclusion, someone once said, if you are not close to God today, who moved? Maybe right now you feel far away from God or lonely. Make this Christmas a chance to reconnect with him. So when we deal with the Grinch of disconnection, we need to look inward, look outward, and look upward. As in the words of the Grinch, maybe Christmas perhaps means a little bit more. Maybe this Christmas for us can mean a little bit more. The Grinch was a devious, hairy little creature that lives in a cave, and on Christmas, his heart grew three sizes that day. Maybe our hearts can grow three times closer to God this Christmas season. Let me pray. Father God, we thank you so much for your, your love. We thank you so much for sending your son down to here 2,000 years ago to die for our sins. Father God, we uh, thank you so much for this church community here. We thank you so much for your love. Father God, we want to lift up an extra special prayer right now for all the victims at the Rappo High School shooting. We want to lift them up to you. We also want to lift up all the faculty and the students. Please, God, give them peace and comfort to them during this tough time. And Father God, we just pray that this Christmas, that it'll be something special where we can reconnect with you. And we pray for all these things in your name. And everybody said, amen. amen. Thanks, everybody, for letting me share this morning. I appreciate it.